0: Project. Um, if you're a first-time guest here, we're glad that you're here. Um, we're a church. We're, we're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and so we want to live that out together. We're also a project, an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be, and so we very much mirror what we read about in the New Testament church. If you open the Bibles and you read in the New Testament, you see a church that was on fire. Like They were rocking, but they had no idea how to do what they were doing. And so what they did is they would gather by the thousands in the temple courts. And, and so we imitate that, and we, we gather on Sunday mornings. And then we see a church that also would gather by the dozens and house churches throughout their community as, as they shared meals and talked and prayed and talked over Scripture. And, and we do that as well, you know, through our house churches. And then we also read about a church that the New Testament church, they met needs everywhere that they went. Like they fulfilled the gospel message in words and deed. And so we do that as well with our ministry partnerships. And so if you ever tie the penny to church project, a portion of that goes out to our ministry partnerships that we have globally um, and and here in Greeley, Colorado. And we've got some fantastic ministry partnerships. So this is the structure of Church Project. Um, And we also apparently really like cold weather and temperature. And so if if anyone has a coat, let me know because I'm cold. It's cold in here, but welcome to Church Project. Um, A couple things I want to talk about before we get going. If you don't own a Bible... We're going to be in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 23. And you can just slip your hand up and John will bring you a Bible there. Or if you have one of these fancy phones, you could uh, go and download the free app called YouVersion. Y-O-U version. It's a Bible app. And on there you can search for events and all the notes from today will be on there from the message. And we encourage you to do that because if you have those notes downloaded... When you go to House Church <clears throat> on Tuesday or Wednesday this week, you have the notes and you guys can talk about everything that God was showing you in the scripture. And it's really good. So download that and, and use those notes appropriately. Um, and then one more thing we started. And we'll make this a little easier. But for now, this is, this is the way it's going to go. Um, if you're a first-time guest and you're not on our mailing list or you want information about something, you can, on your phone right now, go to churchprojectgreely.org and scroll down to the bottom, and you can give us your information there. And also there is where you, if if any of us have prayer requests, I would encourage you to go there and submit those prayer requests there at churchprojectgreely.org. So, housekeeping. We're good? All right. Now, I think we need to celebrate a little bit today. This is Mother's Day. Day. And this is pretty exciting. Raise your hand if you have a mother. Okay, at some point. That's great. That's wonderful. So congratulations. Um, Today we celebrate, and today we applaud all of our beautiful women. Period. There you go. Today um, is Mother's Day, and for you women that have had the honor of being mothers, um, we thank you for all your love, for all your sacrifice, and for your dedication. And if you're my mother, for putting up with me, that's pretty awesome. Um, and so we're there with you, and we stand with you. And, and for women that today is a hard day for you, um, we stand quietly next to you in support. And we trust God will be gracious to you and will shine upon you today. The point is this, women, we love you today. And this is a glorious day to celebrate you being alive. Imagine a world full of men. Yuck. I also want to add add this on on top of it, because sometimes days like this can be very glorious and awesome for some and very painful and hurtful for others. It doesn't matter um, what's going on in your life. If our identity is wrapped up in anything other than, then we see a blessing of God in our life. If it's wrapped up in struggles, if it's wrapped up in taking too much credit, then we are placing our identity in the wrong things. As my girl, my baby girl, turned 19 today. That's awesome, Mike. 19. I again realize that each day is quicker than the next. Like blessings will come and go in our life. Joys will come and go in our life. Pains will come and go in our life. And they will mingle into the forest of our life. And all this experience of everything that we know will be our life. Highs and lows, joys and pains, victories and defeat. Relationships will fade. Relationships will grow, they will come, they will go. And there is a season, very much as a wise man once said, for everything. Everything has a season. Um, May we, church, keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. May we find our identity in who he is and who he says we are. Because beyond that, I can't deal with the pain of the world. And beyond that, those joys just aren't as joyous. We will experience all emotions in this life. So today as we sit here in Mother's Day, it's a very happy day we celebrate. If it's a hard day, we stand and we support you today. We love you and we encourage everyone to find our identity in Christ. I want to open us up to Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 23. Um, We've systematically been going through the Bible verse by verse. We're halfway through the book of Acts. We've been in it for a long time. We're probably going to be in it for a long time more, and that's okay. We're not in a rush. Today we're going to get through verses 19 through 23. So Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 23. I'll I'll read it, follow along, um, and then I think God has an incredible message for us today. Verse 19. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged, him, and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derbe. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number, number of disciples then they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch strengthening the disciples and encouraging encouraging them to remain true to the faith we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of god they said paul and barnabas appointed elders for each for for them in each church and went and whoa sorry for appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Now, we're jumping in the middle of a story. I get it. If you want to read a couple verses before, Paul and Barnabas moved into a city, and they're on their very first missionary journey. So what they're doing is they're going from city to city, and they're going to the Jewish synagogues, and they're preaching this good news, the gospel, which means good news. They're preaching this good news message to anyone that will listen, that there's Jesus. He's lived. He's the Son of God. And he was hung on a cross and crucified. He's risen from the dead. And the Holy Spirit is unleashing itself on the common man and on the common woman. This message that once used to be just for Jewish people is now for Gentiles and even people in Eaton, Colorado. Anyone from Eaton? I actually like Eaton a lot. So... This message is spreading and Paul and Barnabas are going to the cities and they're, they're preaching this message boldly. And what just happened when they came into the city previously was something really cool. Like there was a, there was a blind man, there was a man that was mute or what, what does it say? I forget what he is. He, he's, he, he, from birth he's been what? Lame. Thank you, lame. From birth, he's been lame. And, and Paul walks in and God anoints him and this man jumps up and he's healed and starts running. And everyone in the city goes, the gods are among us. And they start worshiping Paul and Barnabas. Like they, They're waiting, they're worshiping Paul and Barnabas because God had healed this lame man. And Paul and Barnabas start ripping their clothes and they're like, no, like you're hearing the wrong message. Like, this isn't about us. We're just not that good. Like, this is about God, and this is about the good news message and the people. It's so crazy that in one moment, they're worshiping Paul and Barnabas. They're like, the gods are among us, and then we get to verse 19. It turns like that. And I don't know if it turns like that, because when Paul and Barnabas said, no, we're not the gods, the people were like, oops, are bad, and now they're really embarrassed. They don't know what to do. Like, let's stone them. I don't know how it turns so fast, but I've had instances in my life turn so fast, so quick. How about you? I mean, even just situational instances where you think everything's going good and grand and whatever, and in a moment, everything changes. <sighs> like in a moment, Paul and Barnabas are nearly being worshipped as gods. And in one verse later, we see that some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Wow, that escalated quickly. Like So in in verse 19, what we see here, the plot that began way back in verse 5, you can read back to verse 5, the plot that began back there, Is now come true. And it took a while for this plot to come about, these Jews and Gentiles to come about with their evil plans to destroy Paul and Barnabas. We see it here in verse 19. It becomes true. It becomes a reality here in this city in Lystra. The funny and interesting thing about this is if you want to look at your geography and do a little study here, there is a hundred miles that separates Antioch and Iconium. Why is this any kind of significance? Well, Today, that's no big deal. That's like an hour drive for us because we drive the speed limit, right? So no big deal. We have cell phones. We can talk. We can do all this. This is a hundred-mile difference. And why is this important? Because in verse 19, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds over. There was communication. There was plotting. There was things that had to happen. Two cities, a hundred miles apart, came together for this plot that happened in Lystra. This took some planning. This wasn't something that came overnight. I thought that was pretty neat. What happened to Paul is when we look in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, Paul is actually talking about this when he says this. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Yeah, I bet being stoned to near death would leave some marks. And Paul's talking about this. And he's saying, like, I am marked forever spiritually because God has saved me and rescued me from the depths of hell. And I have found eternal life. And beyond that, I bear the physical marks of Jesus. If you want to get all super geeky, you'll love this. In theology world, in techie world, this is called the stigmata. The stigmata. And the stigmata is the reproduction of the wounds of the passion of Christ in the human body, on the human body. There's people that actually practice this. It's called stigmata where they feel like if they can physically look like Jesus and have the marks that they've proved that they are godlier than anyone else around. And Paul, not out to prove this, simply has to say, I've lived my life and look at my body. It's physically marked because of this. Wow. I don't think I'm, I'm strong enough to practice stigmata. <laughs> and to take the wounds and to take the stonings. I applaud Paul for doing so. Let's get to um, verse 20. But after the disciples had gathered around him. He got up and went back into the city the next day. And he and Barnabas left for Derbe. That's craziness. Well, there's so much craziness in this verse for me. One is, what, what do you see in your mental mind? If Paul's been drug outside the city, left for dead because they stoned him, they think he's dead. What do you see in your mind when you come to this verse? In verse 19, the disciples gathered around him. What does that sound like to you? If you look at the definition of even this Greek word of gathered here, um, it means this, to surround and encircle. So physically. The disciples surround and encircle Paul, who may or may not be dead, laying down, bleeding, almost stoned to death here. And they've come together to agree, to protect, to give energy. It's a prayer circle, right? Do you believe in the power of prayer, people? <laughs> like, is Paul dead? The people think he's dead. They left him for dead. He may or may not be there dead. I wasn't there, were you? Like, I don't know. But what I'm reading sounds a whole lot like a prayer circle. Like the brothers and sisters, they gathered around Paul and they prayed over him because he looked dead. First, Th- uh, First Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Do you think Paul needed encouraged that day? Do you think Paul needed to be built up? And this is our calling as a church, to come alongside each other, both men and women, young and old. Some of us may be bleeding near dead, and we need the church to encircle us. Some of us may be going through one of the darkest, hardest times, but have a smiley face on, and we need to be encircled and encouraged. Like every one of us in this room need to walk 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. I love Church Project. I love it. I love the text messages. I love the emails. I love the random fires, fire pit stuff. I love, I love all of it. Church, we are doing this. And this is also a challenge to keep doing this and do it with greater emphasis because I might be laying bloody on the floor and I might need you today. You might not know it though because I'm really good at faking it. All right, some of you are going to judge me and I don't care. Some of you, I'm going to win some street cred with you today and it's going to be awesome. I have got to admit it, I like Fortnite. If you don't know what Fortnite is, don't worry. Just ask anyone under like I don't know what age. Twelve. <laughs> you dig in Fortnite? You like it? You good? Have you ever won? I got second once. It's by accident. It was so good. I love it so much. I'm going to show you a clip of it. Yeah, I know you've got it. Fortnite! Like, this thing is amazing. I love this game, okay? And I have to admit it, Fortnite is a lot of fun. I'm spending some time on it. But the essence is, it's like, it's like Hunger Games, like really wholesome game. You're dropped on an island. A hundred people dropped on an island, and you have to kill everyone and be the last one to survive. Like, very godly game. And sometimes you get in teams, Right? So teams of people running around, fifty people, whatever. Like I, no one wants me on their team because what happens is when you get shot and you're on your team, your power drops and you you land on the ground. And <clears throat> the only way you're going to get your power back is if somebody comes next to you and literally on, when I play on the iPad, there's this hand above their head, and they, you you got to touch it and you're, you hold your hand over this person that's on the ground and you have to sit there for I don't know five seconds, ten seconds, nine. 10 10 seconds. So if your partner's like on the ground like I am, what's your name, bud? Tyler. Tyler. I would be on the ground. Tyler would come up next to me, still vulnerable, because there's 50 other people shooting at him or doing whatever, trying to take him out. And Tyler would have to come next to me, put his hands on me for 10 seconds, and just kind of sit. (laughs) Just chancing it. Giving me energy until I have enough to stand up. <laughs> I can't think of a better illustration <laughs> of First Thessalonians 5.11 <laughs> than fortnight. <laughs> Therefore encourage you one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Uh, let that image burn in your head. Let's move on. Verse 21. Tyler, invite me to play later because I want, okay. Verse 21. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Do you see in verse 21 that they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples? Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Here's the, here's the truth that we begin to see in the beginning of Acts, and it's true to today. Even though some of us think that Christianity is feel-good, and a nice country club, and everything is going to go wonderful once we surrender to God, and it's really palatable, and it's fun, and it's, and it's even kind of social, like boosts our status. That's not the case. Like The church we read about in Acts, persecution becomes how the gospel is spread. The only reason we have the gospel today here in this place is because of persecution. Because Paul got stoned physically, not Colorado-y, and got up and went right back to doing what he was doing. Left for dead, he continued on. Wrestling. I was a wrestler in in elementary, junior high, and high school. And I was decent at it. Not like the Flanagan's decent, but I was pretty decent at it. The tournaments that I remember the most were the ones where I had to meet, just wait for it, Jonah Oguin from Manzanola. No, you didn't have the same reaction I did. I had to wrestle Jonah Oguin from Manzanola. No. He had a mustache. <laughs> These are the tournaments I remember the most because when I went to these tournaments where Jonah O'Geen was, it was inevitable there was going to be a final, and it was going to be me and Jonah Oguin in the finals. And it was a struggle. I eventually beat him one time. It was awesome because he did an illegal move and got disqualified. But I don't care. <laughs> I beat him once, and that was the last time we wrestled. Like, Jonah Oguin. I remember those tournaments a lot. And I remember those message, mess, or wrestling matches a lot. It was going to be a battle. I don't remember the tournaments where I showed up and I walked to the, the tournament as a champion. Seriously. I mean, I go to Holly tournaments. I got four medal, gold medals from the Holly tournaments. I don't even remember. I don't even know where Holly's at. Like, I don't even remember those. I remember the moments where it was a battle with Jonah O'Geen, and we struggled. I think that's true of the human nature. Like we remember the things that are hard. The message spreads because of persecution. As this message, church, today, as this message gets harder, it costs us more. This is true. The more convicted we will become. Is this just a Sunday casual pastime or something you're convinced and are willing to die for? It may come true in our life. It may not. But if we're in this, just to feel good, are we being persecuted? And is the gospel message spreading? I'll let you wrestle with those. That's a really good house church question. House church pastors, write that down. That's really good. Uh, Let's go to verse uh, 22. Uh, in 21, they preached in that city. A large number of disciples came. They returned to these other cities. In verse 22, they were strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. said, we must go through hardships to enter the kingdom of God. This is not an easy road. Already, at just 43... Uh, My body is scarred with that fancy word I talked about earlier, the stigmatization, you know, the physical marks. My body's already scarred with it. Not on the outside, on the inside. A, A lot of internal cuts and deep pains because I've led a church and pastored a church for 20 years. In the back, there's a business card. It's kind of cute. If you flip it over, it says we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and the church. Why are we writing that? Because a lot of us in Christendom have been deeply, deeply hurt by other Christians or by the church. And we, each of us, carry this stigmatization of it costing us something to be a discipler and a follower of God. This is not an easy road. And if Paul and Barnabas could stand up here and say it, they would say word for word as they did to that crowd. They would say, We must go through hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Sign me up. Anyone? Sign me up. I count it a joy, and I am tired. Are you? I mean, I count it a joy to be considered a child of God, and I'm tired. I have marks and I have wounds on the inside, and I'll admit that. I'm not going to put on my smiley face and act like everything's okay because I'm the, the preacher and the pastor, nor should you. We've got to be vulnerable with each other. We have got to get in house churches and relationships. We've got to have coffee with men, men and women. And we've got to be vulnerable, and you've got to know that I'm exhausted. And you've got to come around me for 10 seconds. Put your hand on me. Give me some energy. Pray for me, and I'll do the same for you. This is the body of Christ. Paul is talking about this, and he says in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's through this persecution, it's through this hard stuff, it's through this that we become mature in our lives. Complete and not lacking anything. Let's go to verse 23. Verse um, Paul and Barnabas, in the last verse here, what did they do? They appointed elders for each of, each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. The only way I make it through this is because I have others restoring my health. The only way we make it through life is because we have others Restoring our our health and encouraging us. The only way we're going to make it through this is to have others, someone, lean over us and give us what we need. Prayer and encouragement, whatever that may be. And remind us that these temporary things are just temporary things. And to remind us to keep our eyes focused on Christ. And the only way we're going to make this and the only way we're going to do this in 2018 is that we take the pastor ideal, my position and my role, and we crumple it up and we level the playing field. That might hurt some of you. Because we like the Christianity where it looks like somebody's got it all together. And they're the authority figure. Listen. The church that I read about, the church that we're struggling to study through right now in Acts, believes in something called the priesthood of the saints. Believes that every single person that's walking this earth is walking this earth for a reason. And God has designed each and every one of us to be pastors. To lead in our schools, our workplaces, wherever we may go. To be little Christ followers everywhere that we go. There is no such thing as a superhero in Christianity. And if you think there is, just follow the trail of broken pastors this last year. Alone. That have fallen. That have done crazy stuff. We have got to get serious that we are all little pastors. Every single one of us. Jesus even understood this. And this is why he said, you will do even greater things than me. You. And he says, I'm releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. And you, in Greeley, Colorado, will do even greater things than me. 1 Peter 2, um, verses 4-5 through five says this, as you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, church, God threw us the keys to his kingdom. And he says, I'm going to build my church, and I'm going to build it on living stones, as the holy spirit is guiding each and every one of us sign me up how about you sign you up like sign me up i'm going to i'm going to end with this verse here because i say it all the time and grandpa won't let me get away from this verse at all ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13 In ephesians 4 verses 11 through 13 says this so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Why? Why did he give all this? To equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God needs every one of us to do what he's designed us to do. It's time to stop sitting and time to start rocking and rolling. Are you in? And when we get shot, we need Tyler to come and put his hand on us for 10 seconds. And we need our house church, and we need our brothers and sisters. Um, I'm actually going to give you a, a tool, and for those of you on the phone, uh, it's it, I already put a link on our notes. And so the tool is this fivefoldministry.com five f i v e fold f o l d ministry.com you can go there and you can take a little test it's like if you're anything like me like well what are my gifts what are what am i good at what what so there's a five minute test that i even took this morning that kind of places you in what's called an apest the apostles the preachers the i should look at it here the uh, what what is it evangelist what else is it teachers is that it apest okay yeah thank you david Laura. Thank you. Okay. I actually took this test this morning. Believe it or not, my gifting is to be a pastor. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Dang, I was nervous. But I mean, look, look. um, Oh my goodness. Can someone read that, your contribution part? Can anyone read that? I don't think I can. Let's... Yeah, I don't know, dude. Oh, here, I got it. I got it. Okay, I, I blew it up. Your contrib- this, is, this, is, this is my gifting. That's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Hopefully, am I doing this? Let's see. Um, your contribution to the ministry of God is to create an atmosphere for family and belonging. You bring fun and enjoyment to God's ministry and allow people to feel like they are part of a greater family. That's why we're doing square dance coming up next month or two months okay continue you are also instrumental in guiding people through brokenness back to wholeness and healing their soul from wounds that keep them where they are you have a unique gifting that is essential to god's ministry amen i'll accept that like i would encourage every one of us to go even to fivefold ministry and take this this little thing because here's what Christianity can't have anymore. Just passivity. Can't have it. Can't have apathy. They can't have this platform of, I'm pastor. It's got to have a priesthood of saints. It's got to have people moving together. And we've got to have a whole lot more of Tyler's putting their hands on people that are hurting. Sorry, man. Just taking on you. Um, let's pray. God, ouch, and thank you. Uh, God, I thank you so much for Paul and Barnabas and how they live their lives. Crazy guys. Like, I can't, on so many levels, I can't even understand how they think and process. God, I would be the one running from the city, not going back to the city. I mean, I would have given up a long time ago, God. But I thank you that, that Paul and Barnabas stood. They, they didn't walk in apathy, they rejected passivity. They were men, and we read of women as well, that led your church. I thank you that we get to stand on those shoulders. And God, I pray for each of us as we sit here today, that you would stir in our souls the areas where you want us to walk even more boldly. Because the world I live in, and the world we live in, Is filled with pain and hurt, disgust, disguise. And I'm tired of that. Like, God, I want to see, and we want to see, everyone in Greeley, Colorado come to know you. Like, we want this place to be restored. And as much as we want that, we know you gave everything for that. So, God, may we stand up and dust off the ashes off of our head. May we take our self doubt and crush it, kick it. And may we know that we're equipped to be your saints. That we can boldly go to the places and spaces and speak this good news message. That we once were in chains and broken, entrapped by sin. And we realized that God loved us so much that he gave his only son for us to die on the cross, to cover over all of our sins. That if we could find our identity in him, he would give us a new identity. God, that sounds like pretty good news to me. I pray that we can take that message everywhere that we go this week church would we stand and worship God in his place